Today's program is brought to you by Add Passion and Stir, Big Chefs, Big Ideas, the new podcast from the anti-hunger organization Share Our Strength. Listen at strength.org slash passion. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. You're listening to Feast Meets West, the show where we tell the story behind your favorite Asian dishes. I'm Linda Liu, and on the line is my co-host in Hong Kong, Iris Van Kirkove. Hi, guys. It's uh, 9 a.m. here in Hong Kong. Uh, I'm having my first coffee in a very long time, since I sound like I'm bouncing off the wall. (laughs) Very nice. I'm having my coffee to stay awake. Um, so we are broadcasting live from Heritage Radio Network at Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Every episode, Iris and I dig deep on an Asian food dish. We trace its history, how it traveled to the West, and we interview experts on that topic. And since I'm located here in Hong Kong, one of the major food capitals of Asia, I cover the Asian perspective and talk about the food scene out here on every episode. Yeah, so um, there are many variations of snacky Asian noodles originating from street food culture that have made it big here in the States. So, you know, I've heard about dandan mian, jajang mian, uh, sesame noodles. Um, Today, we are actually talking about a Taiwanese noodle dish that is maybe not as internationally famous yet, but it's growing in popularity amongst foodies, and that is danzi mian, or danzi noodles. So in the studio with us, we have our Taiwanese food experts, Josh Koo and Chef Trig Brown of Winson Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Um, they serve a mix of Taiwan's greatest hits and also original dishes inspired by the cuisine. Josh and Trig opened Winson together after taking a trip together uh, to visit Josh's family in Taiwan. And before opening Winson, Trig honed his craft at Upland. Um, Before I chat with these guys, Iris, can you give us a little bit of background? Um, What are danzi noodles? Sure. So it's not to be confused with dandan noodles from Sichuan, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, Danzi noodles are a dish from Taiwan that's often considered more of a snack than a main. It's said to be from Tainan, the oldest city in Taiwan, but from what I understand, it's pretty popular all over Taiwan as a street food. It's made up of wheat noodles and a shrimp-flavored broth with shrimp, coriander, and garlic. Uh, I think it also often has, like, minced pork, bean sprouts, um, can be topped with, like, egg or a pork ball. Nice. So what's the history behind this dish? The name literally means shoulder pole noodle, or it's sometimes called slack-season danza noodles. 
uh, and I'll get into why that is. But a little background on Taiwan. Its population was made up of Taiwanese aboriginals until maybe the 17th century, but there were always fishermen from Fujian province in China visiting the coast because of the, the proximity. <clears throat> in the 17th century, the Dutch East India Company imported a lot of laborers from Fujian to Taiwan as well. And then when Taiwan was annexed to China in the Qing Dynasty in 1683, Taiwan was put under the jurisdiction of Fujian province. So there's a huge influence from Fujian, and you can definitely see that influence in Taiwan's food. So, for example, I was asking my friend here, who's not Taiwanese, but she knows a lot about Taiwanese food, uh, if you know about danzimian, and she was like, "Oh yeah, I had that last week at my grandma's place," and she's like, "It's not Taiwanese, it's from Fujian." Um, but then she also said the same thing about the guabao, like the momofuku pork buns. Oh yeah, like yeah, it's a Fujian thing. Um, but the story goes that there was a fisherman from Tainan, the oldest city in Taiwan, uh, who descended from fishermen from Fujian, and he started selling noodles to make some money during the off season because basically in the summer it's too dangerous for fishing uh, because of typhoons. So eventually it sold so well that it became his main gig. And then before he had like set up a proper stall, he started out just carrying his noodles on shoulder poles in the streets. And on his lanterns, it would say "Slack Season Danza Noodles," hence the name. Um, but the story doesn't con contradict what my uh, friend's story uh, was, and it could very well be a dish that was popularized in Taiwan, but maybe based off a dish from Fujian. Oh, got it. Yeah, that's interesting. What a um, I don't know, good business venture. <laughs> Um, so, do you think this dish is known and loved outside of Taiwan? It sounds like it's it's not at the moment. Yeah, I mean that's why I'm sort of excited that uh, we have the guys from Winsun here today to talk about it because in our past episodes we usually talk about very famous iconic mm -hmm. dishes, which is great as well. But a part of what we want to do at Feast Meets West is spread awareness about other dishes that maybe you know aren't super trendy yet, but are definitely worth trying. Um, so needless to say, it's definitely not Asia's or even Taiwan's most famous export compared to, you know, the bao or bubble tea. But I think it is starting to get a little more well-known. Uh, I'm just surprised that here in Hong Kong, A, Taiwanese food isn't as huge as you think it is, given our proximity and love of Taiwan. And B, it's really hard to find danzu noodles. Uh, I try to uh, get it, you know, bowl of noodles before the show, but the only place my friend could find for me was like an hour and a half commute away. And I just think like right now, Taiwanese food in Hong Kong, it's much more based on like chains, like mm. bigger chains. And like Din Tai Fung is, I love Din Tai Fung, so that's a huge chain in Taiwan and that's very popular here. But in, term of, in terms of more like smaller, you know, mom and pop or like, you know, artisanal Taiwanese restaurants run by Taiwanese people that you don't really see. But thankfully, we're so close to Taiwan, so we can just go there and try the food. Yeah, it's kind of good to uh, know how that. About, um, oh, sorry. How about in New York? 
Yeah, so I mean, in terms of Taiwanese food here in New York, I think it's you know quite welcome in the food scene. Um, the dishes typically feel accessible, and a lot of it feels like comfort food. And who doesn't like that? But I mean, personally, I feel like there's not enough of it outside of Winsun, which has really helped put this cuisine on the map. There are a handful of like. Very legit Taiwanese restaurants in Flushing that I know of, but they're like way out there, like far from the trains out there. You need a car to access them. Um, so, I mean, in terms of danzu noodles, now I hadn't heard of it until trying it for the first time at Winsun. So, um, I mean, I'm familiar with the the Asian noodles concept, where it's like a snack or or appetizer found in street food. But like yourself, I'm super excited to learn more from the guys at Winsun on this particular dish. Cool. Yeah. So. Um, Thank you, Iris, for sharing your background and research on the dish and about Hong Kong's Taiwanese food scene. Uh, so now here to share their insights on Danzu noodles and what it's like running an American Taiwanese restaurant in Brooklyn are Trig and Josh from Winston. Welcome, guys. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Um, so to start, um, could you just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Well, my name is Josh. This is Josh, and um, Trig is obviously my partner here. Uh, Trig is a chef, and uh, I guess I'm more of the business construction side of things and the Taiwanese side of things. But uh, you know, as Trig says, he's a, uh, a an egg. An egg. <laughs> Somebody called me that. I like it. Yeah, so to clarify, that is what now? Like white on the outside and yellow yeah. on the inside? Okay. Yeah. He's an egg with a fever, you know? Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, but yeah, um, I'm from New York, and uh, my parents came over um, after college uh, from Taiwan and uh, eventually made their way up to New York from the south and uh, just pretty much grew up... Uh, you know, living through the American dream. And uh, I hadn't really got back into Taiwanese food until I was in college. Um, and so that kind of was the starting mm -hmm. point for me. And then I met Trig later on, about five, six years ago, at a f mutual friend's uh, party. Actually, it was also Trig's party. I think he was doing a cookout. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> uh, my name's Trig, and... Um, I've been cooking, I guess, you know, since I was in high school and started washing dishes. And <clears throat> um, you know, uh, I've just I continue to cook. And and you know, this one spot I worked at in in, in college. Um, where, where were you based? Or have you always been like um, East Coaster? Yeah, always East Coast. Um, I was in Richmond, Virginia. You know, until college, I went moved to Charlottesville. Um, and I sort of stepped up from like a, you know diner style um, restaurant to you know uh, a classy hotel, and mm -hmm. then um, into the Charlottesville restaurant scene, which is yeah, um, which was all American boy. Uh, I, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, but uh, I started. I really at that hotel. I started working with this guy Pei Jin Chang, and uh, he um, he's Chinese, um, and but his family's from Taiwan, mm -hmm. and so me like kind of understanding. 
what that means, you know, not being Taiwanese, but being from Taiwan and still identifying as Chinese politically, um, definitely, you know, enlightened me at least, in, you know, to Taiwan's uh, complex history. Um, mm-hmm. And I learned a lot about, you know, the discipline of, of cooking, working for pay. And um, he always set the bar really high for me and pushed me to, you know, push myself. And um, when I, I moved to New York to, to continue cooking, I, I didn't go to school for cooking. Um, so when uh, when I moved here and started working for Crafted Hospitality and Tom Colicchio's restaurant group, um, mm-hmm. I, I happened to meet Josh and, uh, you know, at a cookout. So... Um, you know, when he told me his family's from Taiwan, he's Taiwanese, we, uh, you know, we, we kind of like bonded about that. I was like, yeah, my mentor, you know, he, he's Chinese, but his family's from Taiwan. And and so we started like going out to eat together and, um, you know, trying to figure, you know, really like pursue, like I was pursuing an education. Josh is really guiding me through that and like, you know, sharing a lot of his heritage and culture with me. Mm -hmm. What like drew you to, um, I mean, other than kind of having this mentor, what drew you to the Taiwanese cuisine? Was it like the well, taste, I mean, the adventure, yeah, and yeah. Josh? It was just jo- Josh and I's friendship. You know, our friendship is really based on, you know, learning about Taiwanese food. And, um, you know, it's it, it became like a fun thing we did in our free time uh, to like something we started kind of researching and then turned into a business plan. And, you know, um, you know, with, you know well, I guess our goal is really just to translate the impression you know that you know translate kind of our version of Taiwanese food for our neighborhood in Brooklyn, um, mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a humble way. That's not you know. Yeah, and Josh, what were you doing before becoming like a, a first-time restaurateur? Uh, well, I'm still doing it, uh, a little less now, I'm trying to transition out. But uh, I'm a property manager, and uh, mostly you know kind of day-to-day maintenance, repairs, uh, back office stuff. Um, uh, mostly buildings in the Bronx, like mm-hmm. uh, low-income housing, mm-hmm. Section 8 type of stuff. And so, you know, I was familiar with real estate in that world and, you know, and construction. And and so uh, that's kind of my, my, what, what, like my experience this past, you know, 10 years. Got it. Um, probably actually not, not as long as that, but, um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, meeting Trig. And then having that become become you know what it is now you know just through interest in where I'm where I'm from mm-hmm. and the food you know that my people you know ate you know yeah. and eat still today um, and why it tastes so good you know just really yeah. simply put you know like and, truth <laughs> yeah <laughs> and talking to Trick about it you know I just remember like when we first connected it was mostly. Uh, you know, breaking down a dish, you know, a simple dish, and like, man, what's that? What's that flavor? What you know? What's giving me that? All the yeah. all the taste profile, right? And he would just break it down like so easily, and I'm just like, wow, like that's like that's food, I guess, you know. And so that's really what drew me. That that's know. an awesome story, and it's so different from what or Winston is so different from what you were doing previously. It definitely oh, yeah. took like this strong bond of your friendship to like propel you guys to make this like. Would you say it's like a leap of faith too? Oh yeah, definitely. Sure. <laughs> I was shit my pants uh, for a good while yeah. while we were working on this. Um, so, what does the name Winston mean? Winston. So it's it's actually a, it's a phonetic translation of my grandfather's company, my agong, uh, my mom's dad, and uh, 
He had a textile company in Taiwan back in the 70s and 80s, and um, it was called Ingsen. And uh, it's like a kind of an outdated word um, in Chinese. I think Taiwanese, it still has stronger, you know, relevance. And I think in Cantonese, actually, it like has a stronger relevance than in just Mandarin, um, which is something I discovered through the restaurant, like by people coming up and like talking to me about it. Because um, we, do, we do have the Chinese name um, on our sign as well. And uh, yeah, so it just you know it just kind of ties back to history and uh, family and you know the fundamentals. I would say. Nice, great roots. Uh, but it means abundance. Sorry, I forgot to mention that it's uh, um. overflowing with profit. <laughs> literal translation, and then but you know abundance. Yeah, it translates over very well in English too. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's very thoughtful. <laughs> Good job on that one. Um, um, so I'm curious, could you describe like how you came up with your menu at Winson, um, and like just like maybe describe a little bit um, about the food that you serve? Um, yeah, I mean Josh, you know Josh and I together, you know we would like, I mean it, it really started like, you know. Reviewing a lot of the a lot of our favorite restaurants in Flushing, and um, you know, going going over our favorite dishes, and you know, really like you know, returning to Brooklyn and cooking them in in my kitchen or Josh's kitchen. Like one time, we just had a party and like cooked a bunch of Taiwanese food, or, or you know, yeah, was, yeah. So we were just kind of um, you know exploring, and um, <clears throat> you know, some things, uh, some things like. Uh, you know, Fly's Head, which uh, is something that Josh and I really love. Um, it's like a dish very close to our hearts, um, along with, you know, Luro Fawn and, uh, you know, a few other few other dishes. Um, you know, they they became, you know, dishes that we would look at and, and try, like Josh had tried to break down. And, you know, we used those as kind of like footholds and, uh, and you know, just, just sort of went from there. Um, um, our, our trip to Taiwan was hugely influential as well. Mm-hmm. How many trips have you guys done to Taiwan? Together, just one. And we just we have another one planned and set up for April. So we're super excited yeah. for that. Yeah. Um, super excited. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, which is, you know, the trip also, yeah, we're, we're pumped. It's been a... It's been a you, you guys know. have been working hard. Yeah, yeah. The, um, Exciting, though. Yeah. Yeah. The you know the 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 first trip you know that's ju- the whole way. You know, Josh is like telling me about this uh, this noodle, Danza noodle, and in 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 Taiwan or you know when Tainan City where Josh's family is from, we uh, they actually call it Dandan Mian, or, or you know I guess they call it both, but we most commonly heard of it as Dandan Mian, and I think you know we like we decided to go with Danza because it you know it it is uh, it has you know it has that history there mm-hmm. um, I mean so does Dandan but but we wanted to distinguish it because it is not like the Szechuan Dandan yeah, that's noodles that everyone is so right association yeah, we just wanted to be very careful of that because you know a lot of people come into a restaurant and they have expectations based on what they understand and you know ta- Taiwanese history and especially Taiwanese food culture is very shrouded to most people 
uh, you know, at least in America. You know, I don't feel like yeah. they're not outside of you know California. You know? I'd say yeah. like one out of every five people that come in, are like, oh, Thai food. Yeah, Sweet. yeah. They're like, do you guys have pad Thai? <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. We're like, yeah, no, it's, uh, but that's totally cool. You know, it's like we understand, you know, yeah. and we also understand what that means for us, and that mm-hmm. means you know, educating as well as you know. Kind of setting it up in a way to, to ease people into it, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, it's been a fun challenge for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So we're going to take a really quick break um, and we'll come right back and talk more about Dons and Noodles. Yeah. Cool. Passion and Stir, Big Chefs, Big Ideas, the new podcast from the anti-hunger organization Share Our Strength, brings together your favorite chefs and amazing social innovators to discuss how food impacts almost every major issue you care about, your health, your environment, and your children's ability to learn. Uplifting stories from chefs like Michelin star winner Jose Andres. People want our respect. People don't want our dirty shoes and our old pants. People want us to show up and show them that they really matter to us. And top chef winner Brian Voltaggio. Hunger has many different faces. You can walk down the street every day and see children playing in the playground. They're hungry. They don't know where they're going to get their next meal. They don't know if they're going to have dinner. Can be heard at strength.org slash passion. You can help change the world by changing the way we think about food. Listen at strength.org slash passion. That's strength.org slash passion. Hi, you're listening to Feast Meets West. Welcome back. We're talking about Don's and Noodles today here with the guys from Winsun, Josh and Trig. So, um, you know, very interesting actually to pick a not so popular uh, dish to focus on. Um, just curious, I want to know why you guys decided to talk about Danzu noodles today as opposed to another, like perhaps more well known Taiwanese dish. Hmm. I mean, I think the identity it, it has with Tainan City, because, you know, aside from the fact that your family's from there, like, it, you know, it, it was. You know, very unique, uh, you know, the food there. You know, uh, there are a couple of attributes we can we, we noted from Tainan. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, um, yeah. Tell me more. <clears throat> How do you mean? Like it ties to the identity of like Tainan. Um, and I, I mean, I don't want to go so far as to like try to try <laughs> to the Wikipedia, <laughs> yeah, give the identity of Tainan City, but like through my study of Tain, Taiwan's history mm-hmm. and you know the the historical significance of Tainan City, um, that uh, you know it, it just seemed like an old dish with an old story that people really celebrate there, and uh, you know that that is very tied is tied very closely to you know my partner's food memories. So you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, food memories, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, like it's a very old dish, um, and uh, like Iris was mentioning earlier. Hi, Iris. Um, Hi, Iris. Okay. <laughs> Hi. Uh, oh, sorry. There you are. What did you say? They said, "Hi, Iris." They want they wanted oh, to hi. include you in the conversation. Yeah. So, like what she was saying, you know, just like the the history and relevance of it. Um, it goes beyond, you know, 
uh, like Chinese occupation and like you know back towards the Japanese occupation of the island. And I think it just like ties all that together pretty neatly yeah. um, mm-hmm. in something that's just you know a bowl of noodles. Right, kind of its place and time. Right, and like the like the the Zhajiangmian, like that that has roots in you know northern China, and you know like Koreans have. Um, you know, my mm-hmm. girlfriend she refuses to call it Zhajiangmian; she calls it Zhajiangmian. <laughs> um, you know she. You know, there's there's you know there's uh, roots to that dish beyond Taiwan, and you know from our understanding and studies, you know, the uh, the roots seem to be in Tainan City, and it was very interesting to learn about. It's also it's also the claim the to fame in, in Fujian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Josh, did you grow up uh, eating it like at home or oh, when you know. visited yeah. Taiwan? When I visited, um, I remember in college the first time that I had it. I was going back for you know a family thing, and uh, and my uncle brought me there like as soon as like, and I, I got to the airport. Um, mm-hmm. So I went, I got to Taipei, then took it, took a well, took a train, high speed, uh, high speed rail down to uh, Tainan, and uh, he took me straight to this spot to eat uh, called Du Xiaoye, and they're like a really well known uh, Danzamian. Mm-hmm. They're they're very known for their for their noodle to the Nansen noodle there and uh it just blew me away like seeing the the guy's noodle station you know he's like basically on a little stool with his knees up and he's got this like old ceramic pot that has like has had this broth just reducing in it constantly for like I don't know how long yeah the mother sauce like the mother broth or something yeah 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 they don't well it's like the it's the pot the cauldron or whatever ceramic cauldron whatever you want to say for the meat sauce I believe actually okay yeah and they they don't wash it It, it's it's like um it, it hasn't been you know changed out and you know I forget what the amount of time it was, but the idea is that it builds builds flavor, mm-hmm. and you know right. we totally do that. If it wasn't for the it, New York City Health point. Department, <laughs> yeah, like, I, that A rating. I'm so into that, yeah. We got an A. Let's say. Yeah. Well, technically, we can just do it now, right? Yeah. <laughs> and just put it away. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, uh, and it just you know, f- f- flavor, food memory, flavor memory. Yeah, it food. just it like has such a huge impact on me. I just never knew something could taste. Like this, mm-hmm. and obviously just so good, and uh, and so you know, and and kind of coming back to that, you know, when Trig and I went on this trip to Taiwan together, that was definitely the spot that we wanted to just stop at, just so he could try it out, and and uh, I was like just watching him as he ate it, like <laughs> and the reaction, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. amazing. So uh, it, that was kind of the um, kind of research process on how you guys came to. Include that, yeah, the menu? sort of a roundabout yeah. way because like we didn't have it originally on the menu, mm-hmm. although we wanted to do it. Um, right, I mean it's something that you had like you know you talked about, but it, like, we couldn't we didn't know where to get uh, Danda Mian or Danza Mian in right. in New York, and um, so it was one of those things I tried for the first time. Actually, in Tainan City, so you know, there and it became one of my food memories as well. And uh, the you know, the, like like Josh explained, like you you see them pick up the whole dish right there, and they're and uh, you know, and um, it, it was it was just awesome, and uh, you know, it, it took me. You know, we didn't we didn't even start out with it on our menu. It took me a while to figure it out, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm still learning. A student of Taiwanese food, I'm still learning, obviously, and uh, you know, it, we didn't feel like we were ready to release it until a few months ago, and um, wow, so yeah. yeah. 
So how do you make it at your restaurant, and how is it different from what you've had in uh, Tainan? Um, so at the restaurant, um, you know, the uh, it, it so the historical the historical significance of the one single shrimp garnish is you know because it was too dangerous to fish for the you know to go fishing and you know, they sparingly used one shrimp per bowl um, and the meat sauce is a pork sauce but since we're not um, experiencing scarcity with shrimp um, we're getting really nice you know big prawns from from South Carolina North Carolina. Um, we, uh, I actually, I actually grind equal parts shrimp and then, uh, and then, and braise it with heritage pork and to make my meat sauce. So it's not just a, it's not just a pork sauce. It's a shrimp and pork sauce. So it's like really fortified. We take all the shells and steep them in a superior broth, which is a, you know, a Chinese stock with unsmoked ham and pork bones and chicken bones. And I roast those. So we get like a really deep, um, rich flavor in the broth. And, um, and you know the the shrimp and pork meat sauce braised mm-hmm. meat sauce um, kind of you know, fuses with that in the bowl on top of the noodle um, and it's you know it's a symbol it's not like it's not like a glazed pasta it's a bowl of broth flavored and you know and, and fortified with shrimp mm-hmm. um, and then you know the noodles raw garlic raw garlic is like a very important flavor that we notice you know mm-hmm. um, it has like a very uh, you know a, a very Unique flavor, raw garlic when it's just like barely cooked um, yeah. or bloomed in the in, in the broth. Um, so that was like one, you know, and we decided to even like go go forward with that like garlic flavor. I do a little like garlic confit sauce on the side on the rim of the plate just to you know have a little bit more sauce, and um, and then we you know sear that we sear that one shrimp to just kind of like honor the tradition of the of the noodle. Um, also, like you know, a lot, a lot of places you'll find bean sprouts like cooked with the noodle. Um, we uh, we don't do that, but you know maybe we will. Um, and uh, you know I, I uh, you know when Iris was talking about the history, I forgot about the uh, the you know the pork meatball or the fish meatball that you sometimes find. I'd, you know I'd love to do something like that. That'd be really fun. So um, you know we're constantly we're always trying to get better and you know make subtle changes that mm-hmm. enhance the you know our, our food, whether it's you know via authentic avenues or you know creative spins and um, yeah that's that's cool it's like you're growing together with the dish and the neighborhood and your clientele as well so like every time or like Uh, every other month they come back you know it's like oh i remember this but it's a little subtly changed and (laughs) yeah yeah Them. <laughs> how are like how do the customers respond to it? Is it one of the more popular dishes, or it's definitely one of our more popular dishes? One time, somebody got it to go, and they called the restaurant. They're like, "Hey, we're like, we're a little, we're a little bummed out, like you know, with their to go order. There was only one shrimp in that shrimp dish." <laughs> and I like, called them back, and I was like, "Hey, man, you know, I'm, I completely understand where you're coming from, but like, that's actually." Um, yeah, I, I told him the whole story. It's essentially the story that you said earlier, Iris. Um, um, missing a few facts, but uh, you know about you know why what the significance of the single trip. And I was like, oh, please funny. come back. Let me buy you a bowl of noodles and like show you, you know why this is a uh, you know why why this is an important dish to us and you know why it's not just one trip on the top and what that means. And he was so cool. And he came back and you know he's a regular now. So it's like you know it's fun. Yeah, that's a great story. That's awesome. <laughs> Um, how would you say it should be eaten? Is it like, you know, um, the start of a meal? Should it just be a snack? Is it like complementary to a larger meal? Well, so um, portion-wise, uh, we do it a little differently. 
um, just because of this whole translation and you know, kind of like our the way our menu is situated as is. Um, I think traditionally though, it's it's always been a, a midday snack, um, kind of like a you know, take a break from work, you know, eat a quick bowl of noodles and you know get back to work, you know whatnot. So um, the way we do it obviously is a larger portion and. Uh, I don't know, I think you just, you just scarf it up as fast yeah. as you can. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best yeah. way. Slurp it up, yeah. the right way to eat noodles. Yeah, if you eat two, I'll buy you beer. Yeah. <laughs> but it's... Uh, limited time only. Yeah, limited. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it is... Uh, you know, we'd love to... I, I think we'd love to have a, have a restaurant... Uh, situation where we were serving, you know, the the original portion. Like that's one of our favorite parts about the dish. However, you know, it's you know, like Josh said, the way it's situated, so situated on the menu. Uh, you know, we're a sit down restaurant, and mm-hmm. um, you know that that sort of uh, that that sort of uh, you know format wouldn't wouldn't work with us. But you know, I mean, down the line, I think it would be a dream come true if Josh and I could like, you know, sell that noodle for you know a. a a different price and a different format and mm-hmm. you know make that work for us that would, that would be that would be amazing cool spreading the gospel <laughs> um so what are some important aspects to keep in mind when making a good bowl of dunzu man key uh, aspects love yeah. yeah yeah be happy when you make it <laughs> is that corny um yeah no good broth is definitely yeah, the broth. key broth okay. is the key um you know, a, a good broth, a good meat sauce, and um, you know, a, a, a good, a, a nice piece of shrimp. <laughs> um, I, I think it's been really fun to. I always like to get you know ingredients from Virginia. You know, from Heritage Foods USA, I get like sugar cured, cured Virginia ham um, for a for a nutritious sandwich that we had at Night Markets in Taiwan, and that's nice. uh, you know like that getting that ham from Virginia is, is fun because I'm from Virginia, um, and I and I like you know I grew up going going to the beach every now and then, and we you know eat, you know in North Carolina or Nags Head and um, South Carolina, and you know, getting those prawns for me is like it's like attached to memory, you know, and, and that's, you know, that's fun. And that high quality shrimp is just delicious. So, um, you know, I think cooking with like, uh, you know, with, with intent and not mm-hmm. just like throwing it together. And, uh, I think that's, uh, you know, a huge part yeah. of it too. You've definitely made it your own, your own food memory. That's, <laughs> that's very clear. Um, do you think that Dan Zimian will rise in popularity and achieve like Dan Dan Mian status or sesame noodles? We hope so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we hope so. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it would have to distinguish itself, obviously, in in more ways than you know. Um, whether it's you know kind of keeping in with the traditional portions, and then just having it. You know, I could, like, you know, I think we were talking about this the other day. Like, we could totally see it, it being like a little stall, like downtown, and uh, just turning out. Little bowls of noodles. For yeah, folks. it's fast pickup, so you know it'd be it'd be a great like lunch cart thing. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it'd, it'd work well with the pop up concept too. The yeah. Music festivals. I don't know. There's a lot going on in the city. Have a bunch yeah. of piece holding chopsticks. <laughs> Sweet. Um, yeah. So for those who are completely new to this dish, what kind of message do you hope to share with them at Winsun? You kind of touched on that, like the. The caller from the delivery um, <laughs> on, on this, and kind of just like sharing some, like, and educating on Taiwanese cuisine. Is there anything like particular you wanna? 
Um, I mean, for me, just you know, raising awareness and you know, kind of like what goes along with our our overall goal in general is just like you know, translating the you know, cultural impression that Taiwan has had on us. You know, like for Josh, that's like a life a lifetime, and you know, you know, cult, you know family history and beyond. And you know, for me, it's like an educational thing, and uh, you know, like I and something that's more recent. So I mean, just. Kind of sharing that because you know the more the more bridges you build and um, you know mutual understandings there are the better you know, things are. So for sure, and so to that makes sense. yeah yeah that does. Um, Ditto. So to add on to that, uh, what are your thoughts on Taiwanese food in general here in New York City? Um, Do you think you're I, I, like? I think it's it's definitely underrepresented. I think, but if you look for it, it's it's there um yeah uh, it definitely it's definitely around um and i think just kind of bringing it to the forefront a little bit more and you know the circles that we run with is something that like is personally like yeah. a like an agenda of ours yeah um but then you know uh yeah i mean to that point what's what's next for winson are you guys like another one? <laughs> yeah. Win Sun Two, the second, yeah. or you know, hopefully we can get Jeremy Lin to come through. <laughs> yeah. I'll settle for that and uh, <laughs> have him, you know, come through. You know, seriously, if you guys do have a second one, would it be like in the same neighborhood? You guys gonna branch out, like reach, like location? We, we've definitely thought about stuff like like Oakland or you know wow. maybe back home even in like Richmond or. Um, you know, um, but but I think what we keep coming back to is is Brooklyn, and and I think they're you know it's uh, yeah we want to double down here and really see if uh, if we can make it work, you know, and and push it like you're saying like maybe a more consolidated concept like not mm-hmm. in the same neighborhood but you know closer to our you know where we live out in Bushwick or Bedside yeah yeah it might allow for even like a stronger voice with that kind of absolutely uh, yeah presence yeah. and who knows if that's proved to be successful then you know we can then you know have more more to play with i guess very cool yeah. so yeah um so Guys, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Oh, Not only you. did we learn about Donzu noodles, also maybe some like business tactics <laughs> here. Um, you know, it was really cool to kind of talk about a less well-known dish. Yeah, yeah, thank th- you, Trig and Josh. Um, if all goes as planned, I'm going to be in Taiwan in May, Ooh. and I'm definitely oh. going to look for some Donzu noodles. And it's cool because like I'll have the well, like story behind the dish oh yeah well um, if you're in taiwan in may we're gonna be there first week of may <laughs> FYI. oh really oh yeah. amazing yeah Trade maybe digits. we can meet up there <laughs> yeah like 20 numbers <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. we'll just let's just loop up on the email <laughs> yeah 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 we'll link up <laughs> thank you guys for having us yeah thank That's you good I, I also speaking of emails like uh this is random, but I noticed you guys were talking about how you guys like to get out of Brooklyn into Queens. So that's something we have in common, and we can talk about that. I love Queens. Very <laughs> yeah. dear to my heart. <laughs> Hell yeah. Where, wait, where were you at in Queens? Um, I was in Jamaica, Queens for a while. Oh, no shit. Uh, and then Woodside. Uh, I'm, I'm, I was born in Jamaica. Yeah, that's awesome. I spent a good, awesome. good part of my life there. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, that, hey, that's awesome. Wait, what are you yeah. doing in Hong Kong? 
sorry? What are you sorry, what are you doing in Hong Kong? Did you say you're coming to Hong Kong or sorry, couldn't catch that? Iris is holding up the um, eastern perspective of Feast Meets West oh, right, in right, Hong right, Kong. Right, right, right. So okay. she's the yeah, correspondent I, I there. Yeah. Full Sweet. Time. No, no, that's full time. Hey <laughs> now. Cool. You can dream, right? <laughs> you guys are big. Um yeah, so thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. Uh, make sure to catch Feast Meets West every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Heritage Radio Network. Subscribe to Feast Meets West on iTunes or Stitcher, and we'll be back next week with more awesome guests in the world of Asian food. for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.